With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leafs Weekender. It's Offside Hockey Talk coming to you in your ears. And we're going to kick this one off with the Zegris stuff on ice. Of course, get into the week that was, the week that will be, the good, the bad, the ugly, and of course, our boxing rock bearded blue warrior. Uh, joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host on Sundays, Mr. D434, Dylan Fournier. Go follow him. We miss him on Wednesdays. We do. We do. I miss you guys, too. And then, of course, the rotating in and out. The unofficial fourth member of the show, <laughs> Mr. Producer Clark, always willing to come down and chat. Just um, retweeting the show here, James. If don't mind me looking down at my phone for a sec, I'm just sharing the show. It's all right, man. We, we hold nothing against you. You were uh, literally like Joseph Wool today, an emergency call up to the show <laughs> as Pete tapped out 45 minutes before uh, before go time. So Only but, difference is I'm going to play. I'm going to play. Ooh. That's the only difference. <laughs> putting in the minutes, the tough minutes off yeah. the bench. Um, so we'll jump right into this one right here before we get into the uh, sponsor reads. Uh, Trevor Zegris, Troy Stetcher. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, um, go look at it. It's speculation over what was said, but you can't tell me a guy gets that heated over a situation, over normal verbal jousting, whether it's name-calling or whatever. The thought process here is Stetcher crossed the or um, Zegers crossed the line with Stetcher talking about his dead father, pointing up and saying, you know, is your dad watching? You know, and basically mocking him for it, sort of speak. Um, which to me, you cross so many lines doing that. I understand that you leave it all on the ice. It's a warrior mentality. I've gotten that comment a million times today. But there are things you just leave out. You do not talk about family members, let alone ones who have passed on. I think that's greasy. Um, I've seen a lot of people talking about Zegris and how this really isn't a surprise to some people, which to me caught me off guard because wasn't he just a cover athlete for NHL 23? So obviously they looked highly on him. But I go back and I look as well. Patrick Kane was once there after he punched a cabbie. So... That's not exactly a barometer or a bar to set. But, guys, I want to know your thoughts here. Obviously, neither player has come out and said anything yet. But I want to know, Clark, I'll get you to go first. What do you think of this situation? And where is the line on the ice for things set? Yeah, I, this, I as soon as I saw this, it actually reminded me directly of something that happened. Um, not directly to me at all, uh, but when I was working in junior hockey, um, back in the day uh there was a situation with a, a younger player that was very highly touted um and another younger player uh whose dad passed away same situation i don't know how long ago stetcher's dad passed away but i don't think that matters no. um so the same situation happened where it was a very now again with Segris, it's speculative because 
lip reading is one thing, but you know, I we'll see what happens with the, the investigation and whatever. Uh, but it was a very similar situation where a comment about the dad was made. And once that got around, um, you know, it kind of, I hate using the word blacklisted, but it kind of derailed the, that kid's reputation a little bit. Um, and you know, it turned into something where he was going to go somewhere and it didn't end up working that way. Um, now with Zegris, obviously it's a much different situation because, uh, he, he's not going to get blacklisted at this point. I mean, no. he's talent wise and everything he's too good and and chirping on the ice in the nhl is much different i think than in you know minor hockey uh, where you know circumstances and uh, what am i looking for uh, the things that you have to deal with once things are over when you do something Precautions. thank you yes <laughs> much different in pro hockey than it is in minor hockey as well um, so I think, um, I'm very interested to see where this, where this goes. And I think the biggest thing for me is with Zegers being who he is, I guess, at this point in his career, um, what changes to his life he makes from this? Because if that's the case, uh, I know that I probably would have reacted a very similar way. Obviously I'm still fortunate enough to have my dad with me and everything. But if that was in this, if I was in the same shoes in the same situation, I think, I would probably have reacted similarly to Troy Stetcher, and I don't blame him whatsoever if that was the case. Um, so I think uh, this is hopefully a learning moment for Trevor Zegers, and maybe you know he even becomes a bit of an advocate out of this because that can't be happening. Like if that's what he said, um, I, yeah, the line is a weird one. I think it's an unwritten line, it's an unspoken line, but uh, and you know what, the line is probably different for every single guy in the league. Also, I mean, you could probably yep. say thing to one guy that doesn't fly with another guy um so who knows but uh this is hopefully a big learning lesson for Trevor egress and uh we'll see you know what kind of receipts we get out of this I, there's some people i think adam wild on the steve bangle podcast always says i want to see the receipts or maybe steve himself says it when something like this happens and somebody promises they'll change or whatever you want to see the receipts of what they do to change uh not just saying that i will change but what are you actually going to do and what have you done to change and i think that's something at this point in his career that will be very important for trevor zegers to come out and maybe because he is a face of, of a game and stuff like that maybe become a bit of an advocate and, and kind of show what he's done in in my opinion i think the line is crossed once somebody else in your life is brought into it. You can say whatever you want about me and my personal life, whatever. But once you bring somebody else that is a part of my life into this, that's where the line is crossed. Now, when you were talking, when uh, Clark was talking about uh, show me the receipts, I think back to when uh, Morgan Riley said the uh, slur on the ice to, I think it was a ref. Um, and he came out and actually showed the world that he was apologetic and he went into the gay pride parade, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with Zegras, I truly think he's been put on a pedestal that's been up here and it's been a little too high. And I think this is going to knock him down and really, this is going to actually really show his character and what type of person he is. Um, if this is all true, of course. Um, but yeah, the line was totally crossed. This is all, this is like bringing Matt Maurice 
father into a conversation uh, on ice or something like that. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, or uh, not Troy, Trevor needs to come out and uh, say a public apology if it is true. And going forth, obviously, like Clark said, he needs to show the receipts and prove to us that uh, he is doing better in in said situation. No, 100%. And look, for me, there's a line. You just don't cross it. He went by that line a million miles an hour, if that's what he said. And I don't even think it's an if anymore. Um, there's been too many people that basically said that's what it is. He went to the referees, and you could see that he was visibly emotionally upset. So I'll go back to that, and that's where I get my – listen, if someone said something about my mom who passed, I don't think there would be a switch that you could flip to turn me back off. I'd be probably crawling in that penalty box with him. So he's got to change. And this this attitude of guys taking shots and going below the belt. Look at Jack Edwards and the Pat Maroon thing. Yes, this he week, showed his receipts. Going in and trying to apologize, and Maroon just ripped him for about 10 minutes, open on the floor against everyone. I didn't you see know, that. It was great to, to, to read about it. There was no video of it. Oh, okay. Edwards went to apologize. Maroon really didn't accept the apology. He just stripped into him for about 10 minutes, and Edwards just took it line for line and then was a jackass on the broadcast again. Uh, oh, was he? I totally nice missed stuff. that part. <laughs> yeah, they, they asked him if he was sorry for it, and he, he was like, sorry for what? Sorry for what? Oh, fuck. So, he, he's uh, obviously, we all know by now, if you haven't realized, Jack Edwards has a stick. Or shtick, sorry. And that's what well, he Well, he has a stick shoved somewhere, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what he was going to say. Yeah, uh, well, listen, I'm trying to walk a line here, okay? I'm not trying to get zegrist, okay? So, I'm trying to make it... Uh, Good enough. Yeah, where's the line when you talk about broadcasters? Because <laughs> <Listen, laughs> yeah. again, I will say it's the same line should be just be a decent human being. Everybody talks shit on the ice. Everybody talks shit in real life, but yeah. you don't go past that line. We're not back in the early two thousands where your mama jokes are the thing. Okay, that used to be a time and a place where that was a joking thing, and everybody knew it was though. That's what the culture was. That was a joke culture was then. Now we're in a different spot, but I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Offside Hockey Talk. We're proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co., the official big beer of the big podcast, Offside Hockey Talk. Make sure you get yourself some when you get out east. And now, into the show, ladies and gentlemen, the Leafs. Week that was 3-1-0 and for the Maple Leafs. Um, we already went over the fact that we talked about the Islander game, but I'll get both of your opinions here. The Islander game, I know it was early in the week, guys. Come on, I know. Bring back up your knowledge. Yeah, you got to beat you the New York a... Islanders. Yeah. It no, was New a game York New York, no, the, the Islanders oh, and the Rangers. They both. Okay. They did them all. Listen, I, I may be old, but I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they beat the Islanders. It was a game where they had to come back to do so, which I'm very happy for. I want to know your guys' opinion, though. That Islander game, a little bit of character, sonar holding them in. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, you know, it was it was a good one. Uh, obviously, anytime you beat a team 5-2, it feels pretty good. Um, and to do it against the Islanders is even that much better. Uh, so I think that was, that was kind of my main takeaway um, from that one was nice, clean game. Uh, and typically, like with the Islanders this year, if you're able to 
if you're able to score more than a couple goals on them, typically you're able to beat them. I mean, that's kind of the situation that they've gotten themselves into this year. Uh, just that goal scoring is, is coming a little tough for them at the moment uh, this season. So um, I talked to uh, my good boy, Michael Bartner, for those who are on TikTok, Ooh. MB on hockey, MB on hockey. One of the better TikTokers out there for hockey, for hockey talk. Um, shout out to Michael. And he's an Islanders fan, of course. And afterwards, he was just like livid. He's like, this team sucks. Sell them all. Get rid of everybody. Retain half on the whole team. I'll take whatever. Um, the so booze for Lou, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tough situation over there in the island this year. So I was like, well, what do you think about Anders Lee? Would you guys retain half on his contract and send him our way? And he's like, whatever, take him. <laughs> so I was like, great. I wish Michael was the GM of the Islanders. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, Lou will never probably do that. But, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I love beating the Islanders. Uh, and I, it would have been so nice if if this game tonight was that game for – for John's 1,000th. Yeah, that would have been uh, If it could have been against the Islanders. He was so close. Um, if he was against the Islanders, it would have been uh, so much better, just given that both teams would have been able to celebrate him. Uh, but anyways, it was a good game. Um, nice and clean, 5-2. No complaints, really, on that one. Dilly, did you? I know you didn't get to see it, but... No, I don't. I don't get to see them. I barely even watch highlights anymore. It sucks. Tonight, Ooh. today was Today was my day, so... Uh, yeah, Willie showed up. Willie, yeah, Willie. Willie showed up. Uh, he had yeah. four points on the night. It looks like, uh, Johnny he was a little mad about the old uh, power play. Yeah. JT scored on the power play, and Austin Matthews was that was that Austin's last game before injury? No, he played against the Rangers. Okay, I see. <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot that too. I couldn't remember either, so I'm, I'm with you, Dill. But Austin and uh Willie are one and two in scoring on the team which is which is good i uh i put out a little twitter thing asking uh what aav for Willie is going to be and uh we can talk about that later if you guys are interested but uh i voted eight years nine million for the record eight years nine million (laughs) i voted for that one nice um but yeah it, it it looks good to score five against a very solid goalie in uh Sorokin, but um i feel like like clark said there's not um there's not enough scoring in in the island um and i think that's something that if they're going to push for the play for a playoff spot they need to look for at the trade deadline no for sure listen the next game was against the New York Rangers. Another game, by the way, that Russian goaltender comes in, Shesterkin standing on his head. Another guy that you really have to get in his kitchen, figure it out, get it done. And it looked, going into that third period, now me and Pete talked about this one on Wednesday night, it looked like <laughs> the Leafs weren't going to come back. And then Timothy, I found my confidence, Lilligren decides to come in, score a goal. And then Mitch Marner turns into Bobby Orr and just picturesques it and puts it in the net against Shesterkin. That game there, listen, the Rangers went far last year in the playoffs, so they know what they're doing. They got a great goaltender. And good teams figure out ways to win. You look at the Monday night game against the Isles, the Leafs figured it out, got the win. The Leafs figure it out against the Rangers, get the win in OT, pick up some points. 
it's important to do these things because the Maple Leafs, being the Maple Leafs, they do know how to piss points away as well. But we'll get to that one in a moment. Um, <laughs> what did you like about the Rangers game, Clark? And is there something that maybe we can draw from that game where the Leafs can use it going forward without Austin Matthews? Yeah. Um, one, I, I underrated that game. I thought John Tavares had a really good game. I feel like, like I'm just looking at his numbers now. He had eight shots. He had eight shots in the Islanders game too. That guy's shooting out, shooting the lights out right now. Like he's putting a lot of rubber on the net. And uh, I feel like I, I think this is probably going to lead into a conversation that happens after the Senators game. But I'll just hint at it now. I feel like this game might be part of the conversation that the team had. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard about this at this point, um, that the team had after the Senators game. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to the Senators game. Uh, but the fact that, it, you know, I, I didn't think they had a bad first period, really. They got out to the lead. But then New York had that really fluky goal off the faceoff. Yeah. And then another yeah. one. And then it just at that moment of the second goal, it just <clears> kind of <throat> seemed like, like you said, James, like, Ah, you know what? They just doesn't look like they're they got the spunk to come back. You know, like they don't have that. They're just it's not going to happen. So we'll just whatever. It was a too close game, and then the third period happened, and you know I thought that they they looked like something had happened in the intermission. Maybe they got a little bit more energy. I don't know what happened. Somebody said something, um, and then you like you said Timothy Liljegren. That was a beautiful goal, and uh, for him to pot that one, I think that's a big one for him personally uh and then overtime i mean that picture of the goal with all the fans in the background that's legendary like that's did, did anybody frame. see the one chick in the stand she's just like yeah yeah that that needs to be framed and put like in everybody's man cave i, I feel like from now on like that's that's such a good picture the guy behind um, though with the arms up like <laughs> He's freaking yeah. out. There shouldn't have been a penalty. Like there should have been a penalty. Ah. Yeah. So I, again, you you mentioned it too, James. I and this is going to be a theme for when we mm -hmm. even go a little bit further to tonight's game. But I feel like another really important win for Ilya Samsonov too. Yeah. Um, in that one, and again, the Russian goalie, the Russian goalie, two of his peers, they're similar ages. Very important wins for him, I think, to kind of almost make a statement himself and he played solid in both games as well. I mean, he only let in four goals between the two games. So yeah. um, I really like how he's kind of jiving right now. I know he had the rough one. We'll get to that in a sec, but overall, I mean, I think the conversation that we've had all season long with who's game one starter for the Leafs, you know, I think people are starting to lean a little bit. I think we're starting to lean a little bit. I don't know if it's necessarily the final statement, like if the final answer is in yet, but I think everyone's starting to lean a little bit. No, I think the the conversation definitely will be had more so, and is more weighted than it was before as well. With with Sammy winning games, it was it was nice, but it wasn't like spectacular. He wasn't holding things. It wasn't, you know, I feel safe with this guy now. This team really seems to play well in front of him, a la Jack Campbell last year when they went on a roll. That it was really good for them to boost that confidence. So we'll roll into the Ottawa game, and before we even get into the game, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with this game because. Apparently, one of the coaches messaged Samsonov the day before the game saying that he was going to be the starter. That was reported by David Alter. Um, I guess Samsonov misunderstood the conversation, didn't understand that he was actually going in. Uh, Murray went in with the regular reps, though, with everything that he usually does. Obviously, tweaks the ankle. For me, Clark, I've said this to you a million times. Dylan, probably you half a million 
But for goalies, it's all between the years. It's all the mental mindset going into it. And I really don't think that he, Sonar, was ready for that game at all. Uh, and you could tell. He just wasn't the usual calm, cool, collected kind of guy that he was. He looked shaky on shots, rebounds, different things like that. He just didn't seem to be in his regular groove thing like he was tonight. Now, you alluded to some sort of meeting after this game. But first, let's talk about the cluster F that was the Ottawa Senators game. They just really didn't get it going. They just didn't no. get it going all night long. And I think losing Matthews, losing the goaltender, you know, it just nothing seemed to really fall into place that game. You throw Pontus Holmberg, I know everybody loves Holmberg, into that second line C, maybe to see what he has. How was that game? Yeah. Okay. And it just kind of all blew up in your face, Clark. What was your first gut check takeaway from that game? Yeah, if if there's ever if there's been a game this season where it's been evident that the whole forward need is a need and more than the defenseman, I, I feel like that was it. I I don't know if necessarily they played that badly. Like it it didn't feel like a a six two game necessarily. I, and I don't think that it was all necessarily defensive. I feel like there was just not enough going on offensively, which led to Ottawa having more control more often. I feel like they just were able to take advantage of the Leafs that game. I, I want to say the first the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, this is going to be a really good game. I think the Leafs got this one. Uh, they, it felt good. Uh, I think they scored their goal early, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but like their first one. Um, yeah. And then from there, it was just like, eh, just kind of eh. Yeah, nothing. They couldn't get anything going. I, I feel like they, they weren't clicking and – and obviously, if you take an, a f- current reigning MVP out of your lineup, stuff's going to change and people are going to, you know, lines are changing and people don't feel comfortable with it, certain people and whatever. Um, so I'm not going to hold too much against them on that one. But uh, yeah, it didn't feel good. Like, honestly, didn't watch the end of that game. It was it was out of hand into the third period. And I was just like, eh, you know what? I had other stuff to do. And I, that was one game. I don't usually do that. But that was one game where I just kind of walked away and I didn't really watch the end, to be honest. Um, but the thing that I heard, James, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this circulating, was that after the game, uh, they told Sheldon Keefe to leave and they shut the door and had a, a players only meeting. Uh, and I feel like that was very evident tonight, uh, because tonight I feel like they dominated and we, we can wait on the Washington game discussion. But, um, I think the idea was, and I think this kind of ekes back to the Rangers game and maybe a few other games as well, probably. You know Montreal recently in those games where I think uh, the the bulk of the conversation was based around guys we can't keep doing this against these types of teams these these are not the games we can just let them have this these are important games and we got to stop doing this like the fact that if you look back if I'm just going to pull up their schedule here if you look back at some of their games recently they beat Washington they beat the Rangers they beat the Islanders they beat the Jets they beat the Panthers uh, they were in tight with the Bruins. Uh, they lost to the Red Wings. They lost to the Canadians. They lost to the Senators. Uh, they beat the Predators, who are pushing for a playoff spot. So, like, just just keep that in mind, kind of. You know, they're, they're beating the good teams that they sh- that are statement games. And they're letting these, you know, so-called easier ones get away. And I think they kind of had that conversation in the room and said, this can't happen. If we're, if we're going to be taken seriously – we got to take those ones more seriously and and do better. And I think the Senators game was a perfect example of that. Yeah, I just want to. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room, just to want to know who spoke, right? I'm obviously 
I'm hoping that a guy like uh, Muslim was in there, obviously speaking about what he can see and talk about, again, being around the team, being a vocal leader, uh, but like guys like John Tavares. Um, I don't know. If Matt I would think Giordano there. would be a, a big voice yeah. in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Given, yeah. given where he's been uh, and hasn't been yet in his career, I think that he would have been a big advocate for that con- type of conversation, I would think. Um, but yeah, I th- and John Tavares doesn't, he's not the most vocal, but I feel like when he does decide to speak, it means a lot to this team. It's more impactful. But, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's been through a lot in his career as well, both good and bad. Um, yeah. And I think he would have had a lot of perspective on this as well, uh, given, you know, in fairness, uh, in his entire career, he's never been past the second round, I don't think. So, um, you know, this is a big thing. This is a big year for him, too, uh, or for everybody. But for John Tavares, I think, you know, if he speaks up in a, in a way that's like kind of calling some guys out, maybe as a unit, but individually at the same time. Um, I think that would probably hold a lot of weight in that room, especially at this time of year. It's a really interesting time of year to have a players only meeting, I feel like. But yeah, yeah it's a good one. I don't well, mind we'll it at back all. To the the documentary, the uh, the all or nothing. Remember when uh, when uh, Jumbo Joe was skating with Keith and Keith was like, we got to tighten this up. We got to do this and this and this. And Jumbo Joe's like, man, we're first. We're good. We're rolling. Right. And, we and just he's never won about. anything, and that's the thing. I, well, I, that's, I think that's why good. I say this meeting means a lot, right? 100%. Because these guys are second in the division, top five in the NHL. You know, they're winning top games. Two. They're doing well. Well, I'd say top five because they cover my ass, right? Because I don't know exactly where they are in the top five, but I know they're top five in the NHL. Uh, they're, they're third in points right now, if that there matters. There you go. So you're top three in the NHL. You're clicking. the You know, the machine is working pretty good. But they realize that, hey, if we want this to be anything, we all continually need to be on the same page. And we got to sit down here and just figure this shit out as a group and not have the coach come in and rip us a new one. But we need to figure it out amongst ourselves and realize, hey, everyone needs to be held accountable, whether it's JT, Mitchie, Timmy, doesn't matter, whoever it is in that room, and point and say, listen. And now, Clark, like you said, you can look at this Washington game and say – each line did their job. Yeah. Each line did their job. And I want to let Dylan have the floor here for a moment because before we jumped on the show, he was talking a little bit of smacky about Mr. Kerfoot. And I want to know <laughs> what's going on. What's going, why didn't you like Kerf, man? I watched, I, watched, I, I watched one play and it really pissed me off because no, 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 no. He is he. He takes he takes a lot on the team and he does a lot for us. He's on the penalty kill, I think. But this man can and will get knocked off the puck in the playoffs. I don't care what anybody says. He was battling in the corner with I think Nick Jensen, and he was just being tossed around like a rag doll. That's not something I think is going to help us win a playoff series. I truly think it needs to be a big body centerman like O'Reilly, like we've talked about. I truly do not think that he belongs on this team. And we've been, how many years? I think we've got, it's gone back two years now. Oh, in the expansion. Oh yeah. Kerfee's going to get picked, but no, Dubas has picked him over and over and over again. And it's not working out. I truly do not think he is the man in this lineup that we need. Clark, I'll throw my caveat and let you have this one in a moment. But if Kerfoot and his name didn't have a 3.5 beside it, but had a 2.1, 
Cal Yarncroke-esque kind of contract beside it, I don't think you'd be mentioning him at all. I think you'd be fine with the play that he delivers. It's because he got overpaid, you know, because he can play center. He's still a Swiss Army knife. The guy can play center. He is, but we have Yarncroke now. Yeah, but you don't – okay. So Matthews went down, and who was your center depth? He threw Pontus Holmberg in there. You could you could have put Yarncroke in there for one. He's yeah, been he's yeah. been showing up a lot, and I like he his play. Definitely he can be shows up, but who, just as much. A, who do you put on the flank then? Yeah, on so the what I'll say with that, Dill, is that like they they put Yarncroke with Holmberg that game, and yes. I think that you do that because Yarncroke is a guy who can like kind of slide in every once in a while. Like he can like you know if for a, for a certain face off or a certain maybe defensive zone coverage. He can kind of slide in over there. And it was the Swedish teammate as well, right? Pontus Holmberg. It was the Swedish yep. line against Ottawa. Nylander was on that line too. Um, so I think that that's kind of the way that that game specifically they used Yarncrook was kind of like a safety net for Pontus Holmberg, which then you're not maximizing Yarncrook because he was kind of having to babysit Holmberg. And I don't, I'm not going to blame that entire game on Pontus Holmberg because that's not no, true no at all but i feel like that just that line didn't work and it, it was kind of a waste honestly of willie because the way willie's been clicking lately to have two teammates i feel like that's the vibe i kind of got from it was that it was like one teammate was babysitting the other and the other one maybe lacked confidence because of it yeah uh, then you're that's you're down two-thirds of a line um then tonight i want to say kerfoot moved up and kerfoot played on that line am i mistaken in saying that he i feel played, like that was the, the second line he centered that line between yard yeah. and and willie and other than this this play where he got manhandled in the corner, I think he looked pretty damn good. He was winning draws, driving play, um, making passes. He looked like he fit. I mean, he looked like a good stopgap third line center in my third line. Yes, like he's, he's like I. I can elevate he faceoffs. I truly don't think he's the body that we need. I, I'm just saying going forward. I'm not saying like right now. But going forward, I don't think that he can he can help us win a Stanley Cup. I think on a wing he can. On yeah. a wing, maybe. But he, the he only can't thing, battle yeah. in the corners is my point. The only thing I will say – yeah, the only thing I will say to that um, is I I agree with you, Dylan. Like I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you when I say this. Yeah. But one thing I will say with, with Kerfoot's and the way he's used on this team – yeah, is they like to be speedy and he is a decent four checker. Maybe he's not the most physical of four checkers, like Zach Aston Reese, for example. Shout out to him. He scored a goal tonight. Yeah. Um, but maybe he's not like that guy, but he he does do all the things that Sheldon Keefe likes. And because of that, I as long as he's on this roster, I don't think he's coming out of the lineup. Him and Justin Hall are the same way for me. As long as they're on the roster, they're not coming out. Uh, because they do kind of – they're the kind of guys that, like, Sheldon Keefe leans on these guys. If you look at Justin Hall's minutes, I don't know an updated one, but I've said this on this show before. He leads the team in minutes because Sheldon Keefe knows what he can do and puts him out there all the time to do it. Um, and, you know, he makes a mistake. I just – oh, man, tonight he made the mistake and everyone on Twitter is blasting him for it. And this is – see, Justin Hall, see, see, Justin Hall. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's the Jake Gardner effect is that he yeah. can do yeah. Justin Hall just had like 15 solid games. And then he took a penalty in the second period against the, the Washington Capitals when they're winning. And all of a sudden it's see he's bad. Um, there's People no, there's no anything to add to their narrative. That's yeah. It. 
And that's not necessarily the vote Kerfoot's in. I always just get on a rant about Justin Hall because I feel bad for the guy. But um, with Kerfoot, yeah, I, I just feel like he's the everything man. He's the straight man. He's the, he's the, I guess the Swiss Army knife thing gets overused, but he is. And um, I think uh, at the moment, we we all look at his number, like James said, on his salary. But um, he's in the, he's in the, he's on the roster right now and they can put him wherever they want to and feel good about it. And they do. Uh, so that's the only thing I'll defense I'll come to with Kerfoot is that maybe his numbers aren't super high. Maybe he hasn't scored as many goals as his contract maybe says he should, but they like him so much because he can do whatever they ask him to do in, in whatever situation. And generally he does do that. Um, and he is one of the better penalty killers on the team too. So that's a big say that, yeah. It, but, and I'll always um, go back to that Columbus in the bubble series. He was the one who elevated his game on the PK the most, blocking mm-hmm. shots, you know, getting the puck out, wheeling. That's where I really saw Kerfoot for maybe what they saw him as the value of, and that was right there. And he is one of the better defensive-minded forwards on the team. He's just not physical. And yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe we're just getting scared seeing what Tampa is and what they can be, that you're starting to look I, at players in your own lineup. I, and worrying, but I'm not, scared. I'm not worried this year. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. No, I don't. I don't see Tampa beating us this year. I don't. I just don't. Physically, well, I won't go, I won't I go that far, but I don't see him beating us. I don't see him beating. No, us. I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree either with you, James. I just, yeah, with with Kerfoot and, uh, and to kind of build on what Dylan is saying. It's been his thing for like three years now. It's he's the guy with that movable contract, yeah, especially yeah. this year because he's got no actual money. It's just the three point five number is false. It's it's like it's like nine hundred thousand or something, and he's already been paid most of it. So um, that's where his contract has been that one that everyone's been talking about, myself included, for so long. Because if they want to add a piece of yeah. any impact of any impact or importance, that three point five seemingly has to come off the books but they have an army of wizards over there that work with numbers on a daily basis and i'll let them figure out the money uh if they're going to make a move and um we can talk about the trade deadline and my hot take is i don't think there's going to be very many trades uh but we'll, we'll get to that there's not going to be very what there's not going to be very many trades uh but we'll see <clears throat> there we'll see i might get surprised i want to see two two or three well, I'm just talking about across the league. Oh, I don't even mean oh. with the Leafs. The Leafs, I think they will make some, but I just don't think that we'll get to that another time. It's, I'll get into a whole hour-long rant, and then the whole show will be eaten up. So don't worry about it. All right. Well, listen, that was the week that was Leafs three and one, not too shabby. Um, I think he was. Either oh, shout out to Johnny. Shout yes. out to Johnny. Yes, yes he said. And shout hello. out to shout out to Morgan. Oh, yeah. we're scoring the goal tonight. Yes. Big yeah. time. We will get to JT's 1,000 here in the uh, the GBU, so don't worry. That's coming. Um, so the week that will be, obviously, is one game this week. It's the Boston Bruins. Wednesday night, spectacular. Um, we'll just get a quick go around the horn. Dilly, are they 1-0 and or 0-1 or 0-1? What's the deal here? I, I think we need to prove – to the league that we can beat these guys. Um, and you know what? Carolina just beat them. Might as well uh, put them down while they're s- drowning, you know, just like keep pushing their head below the water and uh, get the dub out this week before the all-star game. 
All right, Clarky, what do you think about the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, they'll, they'll probably lose it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way Boston's playing all year uh, as a whole, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be one of those games. It's the last day before the All-Star break. It's, everyone's going to be on. I'm, I got to get to Cancun after this mode. Uh, and I just I feel like, you know, like uh, – I just feel like it's uh, it's in Boston, right? Or is it in Toronto? No, it's in Toronto. In Toronto. They have a home game. Okay, so maybe that'll maybe that'll eke it over the top for them because they don't have to worry about Boston. But I don't mm. know. I've got to add one more stat in here. They have lost not one, not two, but now three in a row. Boston has, the, and the other thing too is Sammy hasn't doesn't lose very many games at home. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> might <laughs> we as well. Only hope. Might as well. Listen, I'm going to say this about the Bruins, okay? We all talked about them peaking and maybe peaking too early. Now losing three in a row. Is this the time that we start looking at the Boston Bruins and saying, hey, if the Leafs can dish him another loss, is this the start of the drop, like their dip in their season? Because there hasn't been a dip for them no, really they, at all. They, haven't, they have not lost back-to-back games until this three-game So. Maybe the Leafs serve them a little revenge on Wednesday yes. night. Pick up the dub. Uh, maybe shell Allmark a little bit. Maybe get them on shaky ground. Gain some ground themselves. It's a big four-game or four-point swing that night. So mm-hmm. we can really and, see where the Leafs and Bruins are. And maybe mm-hmm. it is the time for them to start dropping off a little bit. And who knows? Maybe the Leafs and the Bolts go on bits of runs here. Both catch the Bruins and push the Bruins down to third, and maybe it's the Leafs playing somebody coming in. I don't. Listen, I they're, don't they're eleven. I don't want first. Back, so. <laughs> I don't want first. I I like. <laughs> I like. I don't like the high expectation of it. Like because I feel like if we, I like, you don't want to play. Opponent. You don't want to play Washington right now. Are you kidding me? Like, like I would, would but like. Buffalo. Yeah, I know, but it would. It might be Washington. I don't know. In reality, like what's what's more fun beating somebody that we've been doubted against however many seasons rather than being everybody everybody would say, Oh, you got Buffalo, you guys had such yeah, a you're right. series. <laughs> you're, you're totally no right. way. <laughs> a battle of the QEW, bring it on. That would bring be great. That it would be it would, it would be pretty great. But we talked yeah, to Mike you're totally right, Dylan. beginning of the year. And we talked about the fact that this could link up. That would be a great series to uh, to see. And I would love a Toronto Buffalo series. The close proximity, the fan bases going rabid. Oh man, sign me up for that. And then we'll take care of Boston in round two. No problem. There you go. Yeah, I when mean, they're a little bit more tired than in round yeah, one. That's l- a good line idea. it up right. Line up mm-hmm. your ducks. Um, yeah, for me this week, I'm going to take the least beating the Boston Bruins. Period. Hands down. Done. Uh, we're going to get a little revenge on the home streak here. Keep Sonar fucking locked in. That guy is just money, money this year. I have, I, I didn't realize how big he was in, in net. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it's his pads or something, his, but in Washington, I didn't think he was as big as he was in the net. Yeah. Well, and another big win tonight, just because I don't think we actually mentioned it, but to build on the week that he's had to beat his Russian comrades yes. and then to go beat his old team in a yeah. convincing fashion. Uh, I just feel like his, his confidence is right now is at a great spot. 
let's just forget the Senators game because I don't think that one matters. I don't well, think that even about that it. even matters though, Clark, because that's a that's a confidence thing too. Being able to rebound from that game, right? Exactly. Sure. Good look at it. that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And that conversation probably meant a lot to him too because he f- probably felt like a lot of that game was on him, but in reality, like the boys were like, "Listen, like we let you down, and it's it's time to actually buckle up and." run for these playoffs and if i can say something on that is just one more time uh they are 31 12 and 8 and they're having a closed door meeting saying they're not playing good enough if you, <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys remember like four years ago yeah. <laughs> like 31 yeah. wins on the season would have been a great season let alone at this point of the season so i'm i'm loving the fact that they had a closed door meeting after getting their 30th win uh, they, yeah, at this point in the season, it's meaning something. That's what I mean. Like this group understands the gravity of this season, probably, and everything that's on the line that we don't get to know about. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get to hear about either. But here's a little stat about the Leafs too. The Leafs have only lost back-to-back games in regulation. Guess how many times this year? I'm gonna say twice. Back-to-back in regulation. I'm gonna say they haven't done it yet. They've lost oh, back-to-back twice this season in okay. regulation. That's it. Twice? So for all the grief the Leafs have taken in losses or overall this season, they still have not yet to sustain three regulation losses in a row. So Are when they sure? get themselves in a – yes, they have overtime losses, Mick. That's why I said regulation. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. You guys know who got the belt tonight? Who got the belt? Sammy. got to be Sammy. Nah, Johnny. JT. Well, let's dovetail into that right now. Uh, let's get into the good, the bad, the ugly here on Offside Hockey Talk, brought to you by Smitty Sports Cards. They give Ooh. us all the cards to do our giveaways throughout prediction season. Shout out Smitty Sports Cards. All the rookies you guys get in the mail from us here at Offside, that's where they come from. Um, so, yeah, the good John Tavares, Johnny Hockey, uh, 1,000 games, 944 points on the career. Uh, tip of the cap to him. There is more to come with the good this week, but 1,000 games for our captain. Our captain picked up, I think, two points tonight, too, in the game. Beautiful. Solid game. Really good game thing for that Tim Horton did, too. Tim Horton got two points in his 1,000th game of the Maple Leaf. And we all know what happened then that season. He started a donut company. That's so look it. out for John Tavares Donuts and Coffee. <laughs> JT? No, no, no. It's got to be the JT Cruelers. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, James, I'm not sure exactly where you're at in your script right now and your in your plan, but can I just give you a quick update here? This is kind of important to what we were talking about earlier. Let's go. Uh, Craig Morgan, who's an Arizona Coyotes reporter, has reported, this is official from him, uh, that the Coyotes confirmed that Anaheim forward Trevor Zegers did not say anything about Troy Stetcher's father during their dust-up last night, but... He crossed the line with some very inappropriate comments. Stetcher didn't has declined to comment at this time. So it wasn't a father comment, but regardless, it was something else that was bad too. So we'll stay tuned for more. Well, you know what? I'm glad it wasn't the father comment, but obviously it was still something very egregious that he said because even the, the Phoenix Coyotes are saying that it was something that crossed the line. Um, So who knows what it is, but you could see the sheer emotion on Troy Stetcher's face and how upset he was. So it had to be something pretty damn bad. 
Well, and he, he like went over to the penalty box after and was like trying to get in there and there, he was talking to the referees about it. And yeah, it something we'll, we'll maybe never find out. But if we we might hear a little bit more about it, I think coming in the near future. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll switch gears back. And again, I'm not going to apologize to Trevor Zegris. Um, no, you know, I think like, everything still applies that we talked about. I think everything yeah, still applies. You know, every everything about, uh, you know, still needing to, you know, change a little bit and grow as a professional, but that all still applies. Yeah, definitely. And that's why in my videos today, I did leave the caveat. I did say speculation. So I did not say that he said it. But anyways, he did say something inappropriate, beyond inappropriate, apparently. So we will maybe never see it come to light. But hopefully he comes out and says, I'm not going to speak about what exactly I said, but I understand the gravity of the situation and the position I put Troy Stetcher in myself and the Anaheim Ducks organization. And I'm looking to do better. Some bland statement here is what it will be. You know, just, just take that from me right there. Ducks. That's your statement. Yep. You can just put there it out word for word. But anyway, back to the good, the bad, the ugly. We talked about JT's 1000 happy. It happened as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, now the other side of things here, we have a couple of guys who've come back. The good, the stabilizer himself, TJ freaking Brody, Ooh. back in the line. Yes. Morgan Riley. And funny enough, Riley gets his regular D partner back for probably what, maybe the first or second time this year, and he scores. Yeah, because he's Ooh. able to be able to down and and pinch and do what he needs to do. What so TJ Brody, welcome back. You're in the good column, stabilizer. Oh, stabilizer, we love you. What was that skate called yesterday? Easter Seals? Yep. Yeah, Camp Easter Seals. So yeah, apparently on the broadcast, the kids were making fun of Morgan Riley for not scoring yet. And he yep. was like, I guess tomorrow is going to be the day. And he did. So that's a that's a big monkey off his back. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And the other um, one here. And, go ahead. And, with that, and with that goal now with, for Morgan Riley, he is on pace for two goals this season. So huge, <laughs> huge season for him. Uh, looking forward to seeing what comes next. <laughs> Listen, Morgan Riley also, though, has 26 assists, which uh, everybody else in the NHL that's a regular active player, that's more points than any of those people sitting there. Oh, I know. I'm not trying to bash Morgan. I'm just saying it's a funny stat that he's on pace for two goals, and hopefully he gets like 15. Listen, my chat right now over on TikTok is saying that we're sitting with Morgan Riley because you look like him. So uh, I, people, people say that. I've never been told that until very recently, like in the last <laughs> couple of years. I've never seen it, but I don't know. Okay, I'll take it. You're a, you're a large Morgan Riley, yeah. like height wise. Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, Dylan's been with me. If anybody's been with me, I when you see me in person, I don't think I look like Morgan Riley. He's in much better shape than I am, but I'll take it. The the other player obviously coming up to the Leafs that we're excited about had a good run with the Marlies. Uh, I think he's eleven one and zero or something like that. Eleven one and three, I think he is. Huge stats with the Marlies. Uh, looked good with the Leafs last year too. Three zero and one with a nine twenty eight save percentage. Not too shabby. Is the uh, the woolly mammoth himself? Uh, the absolute brick wool. And all we have to wonder is, will he or won't he get between the pipes for the Maple Leafs? Uh, sometime here with Murray being hurt. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about Joe Wool, man. It's been a while since the Leafs have had a goaltending prospect turn into something serious, and this may be the one. And I'm liking what I see, Clark. Am I out to lunch on this? 
No, uh, listen, uh, just, yeah, jo- uh, yeah, I think that's a great call up. Uh, he's doing great things and it's always good to develop your own goaltenders. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to play, uh, <laughs> when he's up here. Joseph Wall. I just, uh, the way that Ilya Samsonov is playing right now, they got one game before the all-star break, then the break, and then a bunch of easy teams. You know what? Maybe if Murray's out for a few weeks and he and we come back from the All Star break and it turns out that he's not back, Throwing maybe in. he gets a game like because they do have a back to back against Columbus. So maybe maybe you give Joseph Wall a game. Um, but I just feel like outside of that, I I don't think he's going to play much while he's here. I feel like they want to let Sammy, you know, catch some vibes, catch some feels, catch some uh, catch a, catch a bit of a run here, um, and let him stay hot. But uh, what he's doing down with the Marlies right now is something that the Leafs have not had for a while outside of maybe Garrett Sparks back yeah. a few years back. Yeah. Uh, but he, I know we say, ugh, but at the same time, anytime hey. you can get a goalie doing that, um, yes. that you've drafted and kept for a few years and it, it's a good thing. So I'll take it. Uh, good for him to get called up. Uh, well-deserved. And uh, yeah, that's all there is. All there is to it for me. <laughs> Well, listen, speaking of games he might get to get in, depending on what it is with Matt Murray, uh, we'll talk about that here in the GBU in a moment, but there is a back-to-back against the Montreal Canadiens and the Chicago Blackhawks right, in the Bedard it. Bowl. So pick one of those games and let them run with it. That's the only back-to-back in February for the Maple Leafs. Everything else is spaced out pretty well. Isn't so, the Blue Jackets one back-to-back, or do they just play games back-to-back when it's not actually – back-to-back days no, they are back-to-back sorry there is two back-to-back so there is the two so he i could see maybe maybe he gets two he might get two i think he gets two games i mean we'll see but i think so get you yeah. get it we'll we'll see hopefully he's not out for we'll that see. long like hopefully oh shoot uh hopefully that's that's it though like honestly i hope we don't see joseph wall for much longer because i wish matt murray all the best i hope he's not hurt very much and uh, the the only upside to him being hurt would be that maybe you could take advantage of some money with that LTIR stuff or IR or whatever it is that he would be put on because I don't know how I don't know how hurt he is, um, but the fact that he warmed up that game I can't imagine that he's going to be out for that long. I unless it's something that got really tweaked, um, I just don't see it being that serious that he's going to be out for like a month. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we'll we'll get into him and the the ugly situation here. As a part of this, as my desk falls apart. Nice. <laughs> Great. Appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to say his stats quickly. He's 12 1 and 0 with a 928 and a 2.46. That's not too bad numbers for Mr. Wool. So I'm excited to see what he can do, obviously. Um, so let's go into the ugly. The ugly this week was Pontus Holmberg, um, a guy that we were all pretty excited about. Um, I'm not blaming the Ottawa game on him, Clarky, but the same time he just hasn't he scored in the new york game great but it's for whatever reason the send down seemed to shock his confidence a little bit he doesn't seem the same drive to the net same spark and you know just ready to go-ness that we've seen from him that we liked so much he was steady is what he was he was like a defenseman that was doing his job you don't notice him you don't talk about him much but he does his job well so that's why you're not talking and Pontus Holmberg this week, I have noticed the penalties. I've noticed the different little plays where it's a bad pass off the skate or it's a face-off draw, which I've been on him all year about, that he's losing. But these things, to me, I, I look at him and I'm like, did that send down really rattle this guy a little bit? 
to where maybe the confidence has got to come back up and he's got to get comfortable again. I'm wondering if it's that or if it's more uh, the shine wearing off from him playing decently well in a fourth line role and then being asked to play a second line role in 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 the spot of an MVP and he doesn't look like an MVP so he looks really bad Ooh. you know what i mean yeah, i think that might just that one game for me it's no you're right you're right yeah you're totally right on that and i think that you know at the end of the day i agree with you that he probably deserves to be in this category this right now um but i think he's he's what dylan wants alex kerfoot to be Yes, like, <laughs> like he's if if Alex Kerfoot was just in Pontus Holmberg's body and cloned, yes. then yes. I think we would be totally good with that. Like you said I earlier, James, if if the number of three point five wasn't attached and he was just like a rookie coming up, we would all be loving Alex Kerfoot. And I think mm-hmm. that's similar to what Holmberg is for me. He came up and played a really good role when they needed him to play in that role. Um, that center role, obviously, that was they had a hard time filling. Uh, with Malgin or whoever it was going to be. Um, and I think he he filled a role so well that we were all very appreciative of him. But at the end of the day, he is a sixth round pick. He's a 20, what is he, 24 year old rookie in his first year in North American hockey. So we have to cut him a little bit of slack, I think. And um, in that regard, just because, you know, he just got here. So he's been doing great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great hard. Remember that? I know. I'm a great and like I said, like I said, you you probably have them in the right category right now because we got to keep these guys accountable. We have to have a closed door meeting with these guys and say, listen, you're the, the next guy up mentality uh, and it's not good enough right now. So I think that's 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 true. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we at, he's he's great when he's in sheltered minutes like he was when he was on the fourth line. But. How, when you shove him into a second line role this week, and then he's probably thinking about that, and it's all in his head, and uh, that's a big spot for him to be in. So he I'll give him a little bit of slack. He didn't have a terrible week though; like he did score a goal against Rangers. Yeah, that, I think that that covered up though. Like James said, that kind of covered up the rest of that game for him. In in fairness, uh, but either way, yeah, I agree. All right, now let's get into the ugly. The ugly is the injuries for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, Austin Matthews going down with the knee injury. We're all wondering, is this what's been nagging him and bothering him? Um, So he'll take his time coming back, I'm sure. Minimum of three weeks he'll be out, which is fine. The Leafs have, what now, six games left without him, apparently, in that three-week window. Uh, The All-Star breaks in there. I don't know. Let him come back and be fresh. We said the same thing about Brody. The thing that worries me is the Matt Murray injury, the ankle, because apparently it's something that's flared up. And when the Leafs don't put a timeline on things or say that it's not that serious or any of those words that make you feel a little bit better, usually the guy's going to be out for a little while. Look at TJ Brody, same wording with his oblique injuries, both of them. You know, they said no definitive timeline. Ended up being, I think, three weeks each time. So he's missed a bunch of games this year. Um, but with Matt Murray, then you put your tinfoil hat on. You go, hmm, trade deadline's coming. The Leafs did this with a goalie only two years ago in Frederick Anderson, who was admittedly, and it was on this show, was admittedly said that he could play during the stretch run, could have played, no problem. 
but the Leafs went to him apparently on the trade deadline and said, <clears throat> you're not 100%. Let's just keep you out until the end of the season. We'll use your cap money and we'll make some moves, which is what they did. And that that is very oh true. God. You can go look at this or go back. That was, that, was that, on the, that was on the blueprint, wasn't it, that they talked yeah. about that scenario? Yep. Where they're, where they're like, listen, you're probably good enough to play, but at the same time, this has happened how many times now? Let's just keep you out. And he was like, oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so um, we were lucky because yeah. David Alter was that day when I had him on the show. He was messaging with someone about a trade within the Leafs organization, and they told him then that Freddie wasn't going to play. And then mm-hmm. I think I messaged you right away, like excited. I remember that. Freddie isn't that. coming back. And yeah. I was like, you were like, what? I'm like, Freddie's not coming back. He's yeah. not playing. And then they're yeah. going. We had, I had no idea who they were going after. But anyways, to, to dovetail this into Matt Murray, now they're saying the same, well, you know, it's an, an ankle injury that's been nagging them. And, you know, they're not giving a timeline. We'll see after the All-Star break. Nothing's firm. It's all mush. So I'm wondering if that's more of a, we're going to see what offers are out there, what deals we can make. And if we're able to do something half decently major here, we're going to keep them out and be able yeah. to make those moves. Because if you got Sonar rolling well and you can have confidence in Shalgren and Wool to carry the backup load, wouldn't you do it? Well, yeah, what's his cap? 2.5 or no? Not fully 2.5. Who? Murray? Murray's? No, it's yeah, like 4 something. point something. No, it's 4. Because I think it was 6. It was 6 and they retained like, I don't know, a million and a oh, half yeah. or something. Yeah. So I think oh, it's like 4.6. 4. It's like oh. 4.6 or something. So the the math there is uh, you get almost ten million bucks if if yes. by trade deadline if this happens, uh, tinfoil hat is the right hat uh, to wear. If this happens, this opens up like ten million bucks with Muzzin too, because they still haven't used Muzzin's money like in any way, shape, or form. They have not used his money, so that could open up ten million bucks, and then all of a sudden we're talking about anybody in the league essentially. Anybody um, that, or any two buddies. Any two buddies, uh, half retained each, and then you figure out a way to do both of it. So that would be cool. Um, imagine a third line with Taves and Kane on it. Oh man, cool. Rachel Dory blew the doors off on Wednesday. Night. I know. Wait, I know. Say that again. Uh, what happened was she, uh, her, and someone made a hypothetical trade of how to get Taves and Kane to leave half retained. You trade Mitch Marner. To the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'm going that far. But... It, was, it was funny to hear that you yeah. could make that work with those two salaries, right? But, um, you know, wouldn't it be great to have that cap space and be able to bring in one of the guys that we've been beating the drum for, whether it's Meyer or O'Reilly or Horvat, and then you get a Scott Mayfield on the back end, Sam Lafferty, come on down. Love to see you in our bottom six. Dylan, you want a guy who can fit or hit, skate, and win faceoffs? That's Mr. Lafferty. Um, Yeah. I have heard a very interesting winger from St. Louis that is in trade talks with us. Tarasenko? Nope. Wouldn't touch him. Braden Shen? Who's the other winger? Braden Shen? (laughs) I'll I'll tell you guys off of here because I feel like it's better off. Oh, on the pod. One of those. (laughs) One of those. Uh, one very, thing too that one thing too that I will add to that conversation um, is that uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, 
with Dubas being in Vancouver, there was obviously a lot of talks about speculation, the Canucks and who, you know, Bo Horvat, obviously everybody's like immediately jumping towards, but the one that popped up and I think I sent you guys a message about it um, the other day was Connor Garland. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there has been legitimate conversations allegedly that they're going to buy him out in the off season and how it would actually be more beneficial to them monetarily if they just retained 50% on them and sent them to the Leafs instead or to somewhere, Um, which would mean, I think if you can give me like three seconds and I can stall just long enough so that I can pull up Vancouver's page and then tell you what he makes, which is now uh, he makes 4.9. So if you take half of that, it's like under 2.5 and I know that Connor Garland's shine has worn off from when he was a Coyote, but at the same time, he's still a very effective player, and Dubas loves him, and he's been on he's been in on him in the past. Um, so here's where I'm thinking of this one, Dylan. If you, if Kerfoot ends up moving out, and you could get Connor Garland for two point four nine six or whatever it ends up being, um, I think that that would be a much better way to spend two and a half million bucks than three and a half million bucks with Kerfoot because uh, especially for four seasons, you would get him for four seasons at that amount. And I feel like Connor Garland, when he was at his best was like a 60 to 70 point player. And if you could put him on a much better line than he was even at, at that point, and now he's a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit better, a little bit smarter. Um, You put him on a line with Tavares and Marner. I'm just saying uh, that I think that that would actually be quite dangerous uh, if you could make that work. And especially for four years, at two and a half. So there's my tinfoil hat for the day uh, that I kind of like that move rather than spending like 47 assets to get Bo Horvat or <clears throat> somebody like that. Um, I think you'd probably be a buy low option because Vancouver has basically put Connor Garland in the doghouse. So I'd be curious. I th- I think you might like the St. Louis player a little bit more. Oh. <laughs> and with the cap hit that we're banking away we'll be able to afford him and somebody else. Dylan, Brett Hall retired like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. I look, at, I look at the moves though. I mean, I like the uh, Timo Meyer theory that's rolling around. By the oh, way, for we'll, sure. put a, we'll, oh, for we'll sure. put a poll. We'll put a bow on the, uh, the GBU brought to you by Spinny sports cards. Uh, make sure you check them out over on Twitter. Um, handing out those awesome rookie cards over here to offside for us to dish to you on prediction season. Check out Smitty sports cards. Um, Put a bow on the uh, the trade stuff too. The Timo Meyer speculation, the Timo Meyer theory for the Leafs is pretty cool. I think you get Timo Meyer, you trade for him, but then you flip him because obviously you're not going to be able to pay his ten million dollar QA. Yes, but you go and send him wherever, recoup some assets that you just spent, maybe get him for a deep playoff run. Seems pretty smart to me. I think it's smart in the grand scheme of things because in reality, if you look at New Jersey, I don't think they're old enough and strong enough to actually make that playoff push. And yes, getting Timo Meyer would help your playoff performance. But if you want to, you know, help us out, <laughs> you could sh- shift us some some young guys instead of shifting it over to san jose because uh i'm sure we would love a young winger from their team <laughs> we will see what happens kevin lebanc is another player that's apparently on the block to be moved as well 
another player that could have some value to some teams, another guy in the doghouse, so to speak, been a healthy scratch. Um, so that might be a guy that sparks somebody's offense as well. Um, I'm just really, really still in love with and in, attached. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, losing my voice to Scott Mayfield of the New York Islanders. And apparently, from what I've, I've seen over here on our little chat that's rolling, there were two GMs in the uh, building tonight, Lou Lamorello and Cliff Fletcher, or Chuck Fletcher, I think, Chuck. from the Flyers. <laughs> Cliffy. Cliff always, sorry, sorry, Cliff. Cliff is always in the building. He's always there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's never leaving. But never uh, leaving. that's that's pretty interesting to see those two there, obviously, with the excitement in Scott Mayfield that I have. If we can get that guy, uh, cheap cap hit, you can plug him in, and then you can still do oodles else because I think he's only like a million and a half or two million. So he's not much, but he's a player that will bring what you want in the playoffs. Yep. So that makes me very – right-handed shot too? Uh, that I'm not – Clark says yes, so I will agree. Perfect. Check all the boxes. Uh, Justin yeah. Hall, you can be the seventh. Well, the, the <laughs> one thing that I will say to that is – well, you know how I feel about Justin Hall. But the one thing I, <laughs> So I won't I won't defend him in this scenario. The one thing I will say is that Scott Mayfield to me, when I think of the like the overall, like you know, you know, when all the detective shows where they have all the pictures on a on a cork board and they got the the strings yeah. going. Cork um, board. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Hey, production cork. There you go. Um but that's me. <laughs> uh when I'm thinking of that, I feel like Scott Mayfield is the guy who is Slightly cheaper, five hundred thousand dollars exactly. And you know how the Maple Leafs love to nickel and dime and and be exactly at zero dollars. You know how they like to do that. So I could see a scenario where they do move Justin Hall out at two million dollars, and then they find a way to add Scott Mayfield in at one point five, which gives them a little bit more wiggle room at some other thing that they're trying to do. Yep. Um, so I that's the scenario. I know the Scott Mayfield talk has been. Um, hot and heavy and like even Rachel said that he'd be a great fit and I agree and James I know you've been beating the drum for a lot longer than just having Rachel on last week it's not yeah. like she changed your mind she enforced your mind which is probably she's enabling you <laughs> yeah, no, <it's> fine. <laughs> but I yeah I that's the scenario I see that would actually work out really well because again I just don't see a scenario where they replace Justin Hall because I think Keith loves him so much uh, regardless of how the fan base feels about him. But if they do end up moving his $2 million out to make a little bit more room for someone else, Scott Mayfield would be the A++++ candidate to replace him at just a little bit cheaper. I don't. Yeah, that's, I that like seems that. like a great fit. I like the pluses. That's a very, he's a very perfect replacement for less money. And it's, it's a really good way to do it. Maybe he's even slightly better. I don't know, uh, but necessarily, I don't know, but um if you're trying to replace a guy with a guy who's like the same size and everything same shot for less money then that's the perfect way to do it all right all right well ladies and gentlemen we are well over an hour into this one when clark comes on we go we go the just distance. let it go just let it go it's no problem and uh i know andy ashton's gonna love this one over in the uk he'll be listening to this on the way to work and on the way home so we'll give him dual commute time we'll love it andy uh, but the last part of the show, we do our Boxing Rock Brewing Co's Bearded oh, Blue Warrior of the Week. 
I'm just, the only thing I can see I'm looking around is it's laundry day and my wife's laundry baskets over there and I don't want to put whatever's in her laundry basket on my face. So I'm going to let it be. I'm just going to yeah. let you guys have have this one. <laughs> That's all right, Clark. You're you're an honorary bluebeard. Um there you go. So yes. Uh Clark, who is your Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Beard of Blue Warrior this week? Well, I think you got to give it to Pontus Holmberg cuz he's done everything right, right James? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I, you know, what? top of my head, I'm going to give it to Sammy. I'm going to give it to Sonar. Sonar. Um, because not only has he been shoved into a game he wasn't supposed to play, but he has beat two of his Russian comrades, two of his peers, and his former team all in the same week. And I think he's put a little bit of a statement, like I said earlier, at this point in the season, he's given us a reason to lean his way. And I think that's a big, important step in this team's next chapter of this season. So that's uh, I'm going to give it to Sammy if that's cool. All right. Sonar gets a vote from Clark. Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier. Make sure you go follow Mr. D4 on TikTok, Twitter, and everywhere else. Same thing with Clark Monroe. Get it done. Dylan, who's your Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Bearded Blue Warrior? Mine goes out to the Leafs leadership team for having that meeting mm. it was much due i know after a 30 30 wins it sounds crazy but uh i think the boys know know what's on the line this year and uh i think it was a very important time to have that conversation to make sure that the boys don't uh let those easy games go no that's an excellent pick and yeah, we wouldn't even know about that, Clarky, unless you dropped that in. I didn't see Absolutely. that anywhere. So they they said it on the broadcast tonight. Uh, okay. I can't remember if it was Gord Miller maybe snuck it in just kind of randomly, or if it was even Darren Dreger who snuck it in randomly. But they kind of just slid it in, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's a big thing." I'm not gonna <laughs> let that one go. Thing. That's wild big. that the and the least probably didn't want that out there either, right? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me this week, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I had two players, but I didn't. I haven't. I have an yeah, well, I'm going to go the easy route for once. I got a thousand reasons to pick this guy. John Thank Tavares you. plays his 1,000th game as a Toronto Maple Leaf. The boy who slept in the bed sheets came home and is the captain of his favorite team. Beautiful ceremony tonight. Um, it looked like it almost didn't go down the way the Leafs wanted it to. They had the two smaller silver sticks for JT's yes. kids. Didn't get to hand those out. There's also a lady there with like a, a bundle of Tavares jerseys as well that looked like they didn't get dispersed either. So maybe not all done to the T like JT, but uh, I loved watching Mo and Marner interact with the family um, yeah. and then simmer on the bench. Everybody just really in their feels and the vibes about it. So it goes to captain our captain. Mine is... For JT, you're my boxing rock bearded blue warrior of the week, my buddy. A thousand games and now 946 points within them. Yes. Sir. Suck on that, everyone in Leafs Nation who doesn't like his contract. The guys honorable are- honorable mention to the Easter Seals kids that called out Morgan Riley for not scoring a goal. <laughs> Mo, Mo was in my thoughts, actually. Coming yeah, back, dinner done, but uh very excited for what's gonna happen here, Clark. Hopefully, uh, rolling towards the trade deadline, we get you back on again a couple more times. Um, But, yeah, Dilly, we love having you. Uh, Miss you on Wednesdays, but it's good to have you on the show. 
I popped by. I I saw the one with Rachel. Uh, I was on my break and I was like, hey, the boys are here. But apparently my name comes up differently on Twitter when I comment, which is really weird. So if you see, I think it's D4911 something else. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? But yeah. Just watch on YouTube, Dylan, instead of Twitter. That's the way to yeah, do it. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to drive everyone towards. But uh, yeah, that Wednesday was a goddamn marathon. Yeah, it looked it looked very entertaining. I saw... <laughs> I think you were doing an intro and uh, Pete was just like, yep, here we go. <laughs> yeah, Pete was, Pete was in the, Pete was the energy level by the end of it was pretty much done. When we yeah. did our 30 minute post game of the Leafs and Rangers, we were spent. It was done, but it did well, get. Pete, Pete was so exhausted from raising his eyebrows the whole time with Rachel. That's what oh, I, <laughs> everything but, Rachel said. He was like, what? <laughs> I love Every time Rachel said something, I just looked at Pete and he's like, I need to watch. It was great. Back. Shout no, out to Pete. It's amazing. <laughs> we, we miss you tonight, Petey. I know you're dealing with something. So get it done. Get it taken care of. We'll see you Wednesday. But uh, it did gain us uh, curious a little favor. JD Bunkus will be one of our next guests coming on from Sportsnet. So to talk to him about the Leafs oh. again, we had him on during the pandemic, but it'd be good to get him back and get some perspective there from the Bunkus crew. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm James from Offside. That is producer Clark. Go follow him. That is the co-host with the mostest, Mr. D434, Dylan Fournier. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. (laughs) 